I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the At Woods End podcast. <laughs> We're recording. <laughs> Kittens can be real assholes. <laughs> Why are we here? What have I done? Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? I only show. Trance of dance. Salsa. <laughs> I don't know, is that even a word? Welcome back to the At Wits End podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Megs, and this is episode 39. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> this week we're talking about friendship, and I guess, like, more specifically friendship as an adult and kind of that shift that some of our relationships take in our mid to late 20s, because, like, I don't know about you, but I really feel like there's this like shift at this stage in life when it comes to the way like we navigate friendships before we get into that give me your bi-weekly life update what have you been up to yeah just yes there's I can't wait to talk about this episode there's a lot and and just just get get ready but yeah so bi-weekly update I think I mentioned this in our last episode but I like to take paint commissions kind of once a year at this point in my career and that's usually in August and September. For me it's like a way of varying my workloads and gives me a chance to decompress while still working. I was literally telling Kim just before we started recording it feels like I'm not doing anything at all but technically I am still working and I've been listening to audiobooks while working on those and I'm like halfway through what I have planned for this season but otherwise I got sick again And I don't know if it's the (laughs) curse of having a toddler in the house or just having two nannies, but I've had just like slightly different ailments for the last week. You know, yesterday and today I'm feeling almost normal, but my voice is kind of going and it wasn't COVID. It just started off as like a sore throat and a stuffy nose. But the good thing was I wasn't overly tired, just like uncomfortable. At one point I had a day where like my nose was so stuffed up. So I don't know if there's allergies involved. Oh, that's the worst feeling that when you like can't breathe. Yeah, and I literally had to stop working. I was just working on a website for someone, and I literally had to stop and just, like, lay there (laughs) until my nose kind of, I could breathe again. Oh, and then you try to go to sleep, and you're, like, reclining in your bed, and you're just like, oh my god, I, like, I'm actually just, like, choking. (laughs) Yeah, but on, like, another page of things, or another side of things, Teal and I are starting to talk about some trip planning for this fall, so everyone stay tuned. Oh my god, so you know, excited. Kim's going everywhere, and I was like, this, no, I have to go somewhere too. <laughs> if she's going everywhere, I have to go everywhere. Well, to be fair, pre-pandemic, I did try yeah. to make it to Europe at least once a year, so this is just part of my circadian rhythms. If I don't wake up <laughs> with jet lag, am I really living? You're getting so, cabin fever. Exactly. But what about you? Are Have you planned any other multi-week expeditions that we need to know about no no i've capped it at new zealand so don't worry um (laughs) but like i've been good though the past few weeks have actually been a bit quieter which has been nice because it's definitely gonna get busy again over the next little bit i have back-to-back weddings the next two weekends which is super exciting and then i am off to the yukon for two weeks after that and i can't wait So I've just kind of been doing like a lot of work prep, getting things ready the past week or so. I'm already like seeing all the like sneaky things that like are falling on my plate at the last (laughs) minute. So like I'm just like doggy paddling my way through trying to get ahead. But like I'm determined also to just like 
get far enough ahead on things that I'm not coming back to this like colossal mess but I honestly just think that that's like the reality of being a freelancer well, so we'll I'll see be how it here goes. holding the ship down so yeah oh yeah I've already started like not. prepping my little notes for you because you'll be you'll be my my colleague that's taking over Her some assistant. things <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to pivot the way I think about vacations with freelancing because I think in the past it used to just be like there was always so much stress in the lead up to it that it was never really like vacation time in the true like I'm just like, you know, not going to work today kind of mindset. It was always like I did all this work already by working like a million overtime hours and now I'm just like reclaiming my time. So like I'm trying to... Yeah, and I think as you change your, like, workload slash client loads, too, that plays. Because, like, I don't have that same feeling. If I'm going on vacation, I could literally, I think, go away right now for three weeks because I I force everyone to stay so ahead of schedule because having Hugo and stuff, you never know, you know, if we, like, exactly like how I got sick now or, you know, I'm not paying nannies to take it. It It gets very complicated, so it's like I have to stay so far ahead and I also don't have clients in specific spheres like you do that require a very consistent. Mm-hmm. And well, and I've been active. trying to like kind of move out of that like space a lot. Yeah. And I'm like lucky that right now I, a lot of my clients that I do socials and stuff for are like very good at being like a month ahead on stuff. So like it is actually be possible for yeah. me to like get done to the end of September. Um, but we'll see if they, if I actually manage to achieve that. But yeah, not as stressed as I normally am, which is nice. <laughs> How are you? Okay. Not stressed. Yeah. Not stressed. <laughs> Busy, but not stressed. <laughs> I say as my eye twitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ask me, ask me again on our, our next episode, which comes out, I think, the day I leave. And we'll see if my answer is still the same. Yeah, we're going to have some fun with episodes over the next six weeks. But we have an actual official meeting for for getting ourselves together because yeah, it's a super important business i mean like we're also very organized when it comes to this podcast so i mean but i wonder how other podcasters like can you be even more organized i don't know i don't know we're, yeah. we're getting there we'll find out <laughs> okay let's get into the episode because i feel like there's like honestly just so much that we're gonna like i had trouble like writing my answers out for this episode oh. of, like, brainstorming what I wanted to say because I was just like I don't even like I'm just all over the place but I feel anyways. like I'm gonna say buckle in like six times I'm ready to just <laughs> because okay. this is such a loaded set of questions it is it is a very loaded set of questions I wrote this like I'll have you know while getting my hair colored I'm like sitting there with like a thousand foils in my hair just like <laughs> typing all my notes I'm like mm, I want to ask this that's okay. literally what I do for most episodes random times I'm like Whoever's in the car with me, I'm like, get my notes out. Go to this note. Write exactly what I say verbatim. (laughs) Hey, Siri, start a new note. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so first question for you is kind of like a general question, but I'm curious to like get your thoughts on it. Do you feel like in your mid to late 20s, you've seen a shift in how you look at friendship or maybe like what you need from your friendships? Okay, short answer is yes. But now, buckle in, everyone. (laughs) We're going to start with a history lesson on Magdalena. So for any kind of conversations when it comes to friendships, for me personally, it's important to note that on my first day of university back in 2012, my dad moved me into residence and my mom moved the rest of our family to a new house that was about an hour away from where I grew up. So when everyone throughout university would go home for the holidays or for summers to their friends... 
I was already kind of at a disadvantage because I had to drive an hour to see those friends. At that point, the landscape of my adult relationships changed dramatically because I didn't have that base of high school friends that I could see as often. And so fast forward to now, I feel like I have a few lifelong friends that I've known for forever, but the majority I'd say appeared in like the last decade. So fast, fast forward, I feel like (laughs) (laughs) because I'm also almost singularly in a life stage without any friends, a lot has to change and a lot has changed. You know, mm-hmm. from the get-go, I don't care now as much as I did. After, you know, years of self-reflection, I realized that I almost detrimentally work things around other people, was, like, over-flexible for them, and nobody ever returned that for me. And, like, that's not, you know, a friendship. You can't get exactly what you give. But it's, like, I was giving, giving, giving to the point where I was exhausted and then wasn't getting even anything you know and so for me well I think that's almost like an indicator of like you like I think we've talked about this on the podcast before but just like how friendships evolve and how like maybe at that time in your life you were in a position where you could be more flexible and like you were able to accommodate people but then as you've moved into a stage of life where like you maybe can't be the same kind of accommodating that you used to be with people it's like how are those friendships showing up for you now and like pivoting and like are they able to because like sometimes it's just they're not they can't yeah exactly and now I see it as like my base if someone isn't willing to be there for me in one way or another or almost expect something of me that just isn't possible in my current life I'm not overly sad to see that relationship go you know but I will Mm -hmm. add that it's hard to make new friends (laughs) so there's almost a yearning for like a woman my age with a baby play date but they're cool you know, where we get our nails done mm-hmm. together and then we become friends. But yeah, what about you? Have you- Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything that you said. I think that there is like naturally like kind of a shift in like what you need and also like what your friends need from you that you have to kind of either, it, like I feel like they almost become a little bit like sink or swim. Like either you adapt or, you know, that's they a good way the, the, mm-hmm. the wayside. And yeah. like that that's just life. But like... I, I also think, I don't know that I think what I need for my friendships has changed, um, but I do think there's, like, this natural shift that kind of happens as you get older, in part because people move on to different life paths, and then, like, also in part because life just, like, gets busier in general, and I think it almost, it like I said, like, it exposes the friendships that maybe were more so the friends for a season relationships oh, yeah. that slip mm-hmm. away when you're forced to work for it a bit more, because I think, like, university days, like, almost up until this point in life everyone the same age as you was like more or less following the same journey like we were kids we went to school most people went off to college and university like you would come home and everyone be like yeah I'm, I'm also in third year or like you know I'm you know they're finding their first jobs and then like from there it's like things can really start shifting like a lot and the whole world really like opens up to you and all of a sudden your best friend who you've been like doing the same things with your whole life it's like you're now in completely different places and generally, I think that's made me look at friendships in a richer way. Like, I may not have the same number of, like, you know, those surface level met you at a party random friendships <laughs> that I had in my late teens, early 20s. But yeah. the relationships I have and maintain now mean so much more to me. And it makes the fact that they take a bit more dedicated time and energy more worth it, you know? Do you think friendships are more difficult to maintain as an adult? Or do you think things get easier because the right relationships kind of step forward? Okay, so I guess going off of your point a little bit more about life paths and stuff, that we're at a point now where, like, if we're looking at right now, 
it's no longer a clear-cut majority of people you know will have just graduated university or after school I think university is probably the last common thing that many people Mm -hmm. do together at the same time because now you have you may know people who have many kids or people who are just starting to get into serious relationships people on academic or career journeys and at that point priorities begin to almost come out of the woodwork So if you have some priorities and interests that don't currently line up, it becomes really difficult. And I think regardless of how long or how close or how rich your friendship is, it also then depends on the expectations on both sides, maybe specifically in regards to like communication. You know, is there an expectation that when you touch base once a year, it's like nothing has changed at all and both parties are cool with that? Or is there a need for more attention? For me, I think Mm -hmm. when I think about this, it's about being on the same page, you know, and are you aware of your friend's current page? You know, are they in chapter 11 and you're in chapter three and blatantly ignorant of that? (laughs) So, yeah, I think that they are more difficult to maintain because people lack the ability to be self-reflective for themselves, but also to be empathetic. And like in some cases, like you're not a mom and not until you're a mom can you're going to really understand a lot of things that I'm currently going through and you're respectful and you're supportive and you're you've been such a great friend during this period of time but I hope that when you're in my position now you'll also have people that have been as good to you as you have been to me does that make sense yeah no, because totally. you can't like, until you do it right yeah like I think it, like I, it is harder to maintain I think friendships and it's not to say that they aren't like isn't natural the way that you like maintain relationships like I think the right people do like show up in your life at the right times for the right reasons I think friendships almost take like a bit more of a malleable form like you said with like adapting communication one of the biggest things I've noticed in the past few years is like this ebb and flow and like changing shapes of some of my relationships and I think it's like you become closer with some people during certain seasons and then you drift from some others and something that I don't think people often talk about is how challenging that can be, especially when it feels like one friend is shifting seasons and another isn't and it can sometimes make things difficult purely because you may not always be in total alignment, like you said, with some of those relationships and like that's totally okay and it's naturally part of life, but I would also argue that like sometimes feeling like you're losing that closeness with a friend hurts more than a breakup from like a romantic relationship but I feel like at that point do you reach out and I know you probably wouldn't but is that something that maybe (laughs) like god forbid I'm busy for a month Kim is sulking and we're fine Kim no no I think no okay to be fair no I would uh, I'm not I am not that one and done but like I think if I was repeatedly trying to fix the communication with a friendship and it felt like it was just continuously breaking down or one-sided or it just like wasn't fitting like I think friendship should flow and like that you know, even if it's kind of moving at a slower pace or, like, a more distant pace than I other times. I think you times. just get downgraded until you're out. You know, like, you have your Yeah, inner yeah, like, circles, maybe you've just, like, hit, like, a lower, a lower tier. Get you're out. Not, like, you're not on, like, one of, I'm, like, Saturn and you're on one of my outer rings and, like, you want to be on one of those, those close rings. <laughs> that inner circle. I think that's a good way to do it. You know, it, 
not that you do or you know but a lot of people kind of are very just unforgiving moves, moves one ring out until i just send you off into the universe <laughs> <laughs> like bye you know how terrifying that is if you start floating in space you will float forever and you can't do anything about it because there is no gravity it's just space in a vacuum my relationships <laughs> for eternity they will be headed just away from you <laughs> eternally spin away into if you're gonna the, do the, the space metaphor yeah <laughs> <So>. <laughs> sorry you were saying before I no that was that was just is I think that there is like a certain like mourning that sometimes comes with that changing relationship too when you feel like someone that maybe you thought was a friend for a lifetime becomes a friend for a season and like it there's a certain grace that you have to like give yourself to be like yeah this is this is it is kind of sad even if it is yeah for sure and inevitable and it's good like listeners review your expectations for people as they as they change review your inner circle at least quarterly tear them down (laughs) if they're not serving you yeah you don't start doing performance reviews a couple times a year but how do you measure a good friend you know like what would be on that performance review no i think the thing is is that like it's also the things it's like any relationship the things that you get you can't expect one person to be everything and that goes for like friendships or romantic relationships so like what you can't really (laughs) performance review (laughs) a friendship because i think the things that each person gives you are like totally different i know so you no performance review should be the same across the board it should be specialized like i have certain friends that i turn to for certain things Mm -hmm. and they could receive their own i'm not performance reviewing anybody just saying but you know (laughs) it'd have to be a special disclaimer that we're not does kimberly ann answer my facetimes at all hours of the day (laughs) you're just keeping a tally how many times have i declined sometimes when i get so mad at you and i'm like (laughs) i'm tempted but it's fine like i'm this isn't coming from a place of respectfulness on my end this is me facetiming kim whenever it's absolutely convenient for me without checking in because i know she's not going to check her text sometimes and so if i get her i yeah, got her off just calling me yeah so <laughs> I, I take it with a grain of salt <laughs> when i get declined yeah it's never it's never personal actually sometimes when i want to get a text back from you i'll facetime you first because you usually are like i'm in a meeting I can't, I can't call right now. I'll call you after. And then it answers my text. So I have two different <laughs> techniques. You're like exposing ways of who get, getting me to respond oh, yeah. to text messages. <laughs> am I, am I? At the all of a sudden I'm just gonna be flooded with FaceTimes <laughs> from all the unanswered texts. Yeah, guys do that. <laughs> Kim's terrible at texting. <laughs> terrible at communication you're gonna get cut Kim, from a lot of inner saturn right? yeah there's <laughs> a whole episode just backfires on me yeah <laughs> i'll be there <laughs> anyways why do you think it's harder to connect with new people as an adult let's move things forward here oh my god i really think it's like so many things like i think as kids when we're like a bit younger there's almost this like sense of necessity that forces you to put yourself out there and like build new relationships like you're almost looking for this crew of people to surround yourself with and often that comes with like experimentation and almost like goldilocksing your way through different people <laughs> trying to find the right ones that's, that like make good you feel way your best that. yeah yeah and then like did you come up with that more... yeah i did wow 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> She's insightful. Insightful, <laughs> insightful girls. <laughs> so, I think when we're, when we're adults, we often have that circle pretty well established. And there, unless you can, you know, move or, like, do something that, like, really, like, forces you to have to kind of start from scratch. But... There isn't that same need to almost push ourselves to experiment with new relationships as much. So, like, I think that's part of it. I was thinking about this and the summer that I was living in Europe in 2017, like, I made so many friends so quickly. And I think a big part of that was that I didn't have a circle. Like, I didn't have anybody from back home. And it forced me out of my comfort zone in a way that we don't, like, often have to contend with in our adult lives. But to kind of counter that, too, you were in a situation where many people also didn't have circles, right? and so yes the the conditions need to be favorable for that yes I I think had I moved to a place where there wasn't such like a travel travel hub yeah Yeah. there wasn't a huge expat community in Prague um, that I just expat like uh like people not from the country that are living in the country expat yeah I've never heard that okay cool yeah it's like uh I think it stands for like ex Patriot? Patriot? It's something like, I don't quote, I'll have to look that up. Okay. <laughs> the expat community is like, typically it's people that are living in the country that aren't from the country. Oh, cool, 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 um, cool. Like permanent residents kind of thing, but yeah. you know, anyway. Or working, yeah, yeah. Yes, there's a huge community of that versus like, say if I just like picked up and was like, guys, I'm moving to Sudbury. I don't know that I'd have the same like <laughs> ease of finding We'd new friends. We'd be very concerned if you wanted. Sudbury, for those who are not from Ontario, is pretty far north. And they have, like, a, it's a fairly large community in Sudbury. Pretty sure there's a university there, and so there is there life. There is, yeah. But it's there very There is life far in Sudbury, but for someone everything who else. hates the winter. <laughs> How <laughs> can you hate the winter? You're not, oh, I know why you hate the winter, because Kimberly doesn't dress properly for the winter, and then she's <laughs> mad because she's cold. I mean, like she's wearing running shoes, there's no There's no bad cold. weather, only bad dress choices. Yeah, that's what I say all the time. <laughs> Get a hat, glove, scarf, and you're fine. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but, like, sometimes you just have to sacrifice to look cool. (laughs) There are cool winter jackets. (sighs) (laughs) I know. Uh, Okay, but my second point to this whole Sorry, hold on. Every time I see you this winter, I'm going to be like, is this a cool look? (laughs) Is it cool to be cold? I had a coat of my winter coat. You know, I think you feel, feel like you know the one I'm talking about, but it's like green yeah. and it has this kind it's of like sherpa. Like it is a winter coat. No, it's a late but, fall coat. But no, it's a it's a parka. But it looks way way nicer if I don't zip it up. <laughs> and I have been like literally like teeth chattering on the streets and had friends be like, "Do up your coat." And I was like, "No, it looks stupid when I do up." <laughs> So I have to just You know what? If suffer. you need, for anybody who has the same issue, because I believe it or not, you're not the only person who does not dress appropriately for Canadian winters, look up ski fashions. Because ski fashions will, like, there people I start, look so I start wearing one of those skiing. 80 onesies. Like, the... <laughs> it would be I better than your open jacket. <laughs> hey, I drove here in this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Anyways, my second point about why it's harder to connect with new people as an adult is I also think, like, intentionality is a big part of adult friendships, too. Like, when we're younger, we're not only trying to find 
like our circle, but we're also just figuring ourselves out like a lot more. And as we get older, we get more settled and like grounded in who we are as a person. And I think because of that, we're a lot more critical about who we also invite into our lives and share our time with because we have a better sense of who are the people that aren't for us. And we have a better like muscle almost on like reading people, I think, so that it's not like, yeah. I don't know. You're not just saying yes to anybody who's nice to you anywhere. I mean, like, I agree with that. But at the same time, you're sounding like someone who's never lived in a brand new city where everybody has established group of friends. And you're like, where where do you make friends? I think within that, there has to be something said about the landscape of, you know, your current line of acquaintances. And while there's this, like, shift and development of relationships that may eventually end up surprising you. And so with intentionality it it's interesting that like i think people assess not many people assess outside of what they already have to work with like their arsenal that they already have does that make sense yeah so like people you may have known for a long time that slowly become front runners for one reason or another yeah like proximity which i think is that you know friends for a reason friends for a season like (laughs) i think line it is i just like it is a bit of words to live by but like i think that that is also true like if you all of a sudden end up in the same city as someone who was always an acquaintance to you then like naturally you're gonna like lean on that relationship and like it might grow just purely by circumstance or like yeah side note like would you would you ever use like hinge for friends yeah like yeah like bumble bff i was gonna say because like i'm actually like that yeah bumble has like a friendship setting i I know nothing i feel like that's not gonna end well i feel like no i know people that have i know people that have used it and made like really incredible friends (sighs) through it and like i'm like not opposed i just feel like i don't have the time but like if i was in if i was in a I don't think I would do it in Toronto, but if I was in a different city and was looking for, like, just to meet people if and, like, you maybe move I was to there any for, like, other c- city other than Waterloo, we will be in a fight just for as long <laughs> as you live in that other city. If your next move isn't west, we'll be in a fight. <laughs> so. Okay. Noted. But, yeah, I, I don't know. See, I also, my issue is I think I'm fairly, I've met moms through Hugo, right? When we go to the park and Mm -hmm. the problem is, is believe it or not, I'm on the younger end of moms that we meet at the park. And they're, really? Yeah. I wanted to, if it wasn't for my master's, I think we'd be like a year pushed up. But like I was 26 when I had Hugo. No, 27. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm just basing that off of the fact that like you're, you are my only friend with a kid. Like, I do know, I, that's a lie. I know other people with kids, but you're my only close. You're my only inner circle friend. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I love that we actually brought up inner circles because I have something for you later that just ties into one of the questions that had me thinking. But yeah, no, I just, okay. yeah. So like when it comes to, I'd have to meet somebody who also, my problem is I have a very specific set of requirements and I don't know how I'd find someone that just seems exhausting to me to try to find somebody that like fits into that niche of, yeah. That's what I'm saying, like, in in the intentionality piece of it. Like, you know what you want from your friendships. And I think that that makes it, you're, like, you naturally become a bit more discerning towards the people that you choose to have more than small talk with. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I agree in that sense, too. Plus, like, it's funny because recently, speaking of, like, frontrunners or people that you already know that their relationships change, 
one of my husband's friend's girlfriends, like I've known her for years now, like I met her when I met Tilo, and just like recently we both have a lot of similarities, but we've just been spending a little bit more time together, and she also does a lot of art and drawing, and we just kind of, you know, we're talking about different things, and I was like, I feel like I have an art friend now, like this came out of nowhere, you know, where we can mm-hmm. kind of talk about this, or like last time she was at our house, we were just talking about different, like, cooking and baking and this and that. I was like, we do a lot of the same things. We should just do them together. So, you know, this is my attempt at moving towards something. But I feel like I'm very slow. I just, I don't have the time or the energy to really get that going. Does that, yeah? So. Yeah. But, you know, like, I think both the pandemic and mom life have changed my landscape so much that it's going to take some time for me to reassess like okay who am I what are my needs what are my needs now right and do you think the pandemic kind of affected your friendships at all like did you see a shift in your life at all I think it has for sure but I actually in kind of a positive way think that it has the forced slowdown we had almost made a lot of people pause and be like hey I'm gonna check in on this person in a way that like I don't think we normally did and at least like personally I found that I actually stayed connected or reconnected with people that had been not really as in my life in my normal like on the go pace like I just maybe wouldn't have taken the time to catch up with them or like call them and post pandemic I actually feel like I've lost touch again with some people (laughs) that I maybe stayed in closer contact with in a long time because it's like literally and it's such like it's a time thing too like I think when you're at home and a 30 minute phone call isn't like you know an hour to drive to get dinner and then drive home and like it just it it's a timing thing and I also think that with closer friendships it like the pandemic forced you to make a conscious effort to check in and just like talk because there really wasn't you know random parties where you were like oh I'll see them in two weeks so I don't need to check in and so like you had to be more intentional yeah with your time you know what that kind of has me thinking too that I think there's something that maybe both you and I miss that we might not even realize it and it's the relationship like I remember a couple years ago we were talking about friendships and we were talking about the different types of friendships you know you have your gym buddy or you have the person you go to the grocery store with or Mm -hmm. a lot of that can be equated to like roommate relationships because you're not necessarily it's almost like a companionship versus friendship right there are people that I enjoy like doing things with if I were you know I kind of wish that we had more people that I knew in the city that I could be like hey want to go to the mall real quick Or do you want to go to the grocery store with me? Because I like the companionship, but I'm not necessarily looking for like a lifelong friendship. It's almost in that moment. Have you ever thought Mm -hmm. about that? Like you had these roommates for a long time. We both had roommates for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that like, even just like generally in life, I think when you look at going back to our inner circles, I think there's the closest people that like, you know, you call when something goes wrong or like, you know will be there in an instant when you I need them. I would be them. there in an but instant. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> With you so in the car seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, like, those outer circles is where you get into the territory of, like, hey, here's my friend that we we just go to yoga together. And, yeah. like, that's our friendship. Yeah. Or, like, you're my friend because we have a working relationship where we can like gossip about something that's like going on at work, but it's not, we're not getting drinks later, but like, we're going to talk during the work day. Like, you know, you have those outer circle people and 
they're just as important and I feel like there's I wish I had looked this up but like, I didn't think this is where our conversation was gonna go but I think that there's like something I'll get about, there because you know how yep, nice I'll get there just keep going okay we'll we'll circle back like, yeah I already know okay no, no just trust okay. me I know and if it's not then you can say but I know I'm reading okay. your mind right now oh, it's okay. fine yeah <laughs> okay All sorry right. we were talking about the um, lockdown and I took us far off yes and, I mean yeah. I, I guess in a similar vein to the lockdown topic something else that kind of like has crossed my mind in writing this episode was like do you think the internet and I guess like more specifically social media and those like parasocial relationships that we develop online have like impacted the way friendships take shape in our lives that's a good question for one you feel at least like superficially connected to people and in a sense the question kind of remains do they feel the same way about you so I mean like in short yeah I think I think they do right because people who for example never saw me pregnant or have yet to have met Hugo which during a pre-pandemic world they probably would have you know I think about it do they feel connected to me the same way that I kind of feel connected to them looking at their posts or like staying up to date with them you know do they Mm -hmm. share a joy for me in this life or does that not really exist at all but in my logical progression of of it it states that they probably do because that's what how I feel about a lot of people like especially family members that like I wouldn't have seen very often I'm now up to date with what happens with their kids and you know where they're going and what they're doing Mm-hmm. But I think about what is that really worth? Like, it has to be worth something. Like, it's nice to have that. We didn't have that before. When I think that how people communicated before is just like, ugh, letters, potentially dies <laughs> at sea, might not well, see them. Well, you just had, like, a smaller circle. Like, I think it has, I think, like, as as awful as social media can be, it's also created a space where, like, we can keep close to people that we may not be able to be physically close with, and I think that that can be, like, a really beautiful thing if you were using it for that reason, because it can, it can share with people in a way that's maybe not as, like, labor-intensive as, you know, updating each person individually or making the time to get together, but you can be like, hey, this funny thing happened today, and the right people can chime in and you and know enjoy you can that. build mm-hmm. that I think it can go the other way too where it can be almost used as a crutch to not develop proper you know, relationships real you... life mm-hmm. social relationships but I think when you're using it in balance and in those moments where maybe it's a little bit more difficult than like you know <laughs> yeah. my food is just as good as it looks everyone <laughs> free to come over. <laughs> I honestly can confirm I will that say that's though, true that I have some relationships that basically only exist through social media and I see it almost as like a little bonus layer or bonus ring and, and I enjoy it. But follow yeah. up question. Do you think there's a cap on how many close friendships someone can maintain? Like, do we all kind of have a limit on how large now that we're talking about these rings and these circles, like in your inner circle and stuff like I'm I have the science version, but I want to know what you have to say about it. I don't think there's a cap in like a blanket sense that I think generally people tend to have like there is probably generally a max that like you know the average person can maintain with you know a certain level of closeness only because there is like there's a level of vulnerability and like energy that goes into those relationships that I just don't you can't physically have that with everyone in your life 
But I also think that those limits can vary from person to person and like our experiences. Like if you're an adult who has been betrayed by people and like maybe <laughs> you've got like, you know, you know what I mean? Like no, if I there's do. like, I do, but it's if just there's such like, a, yeah. no, but like, you know what I mean? Like if you grew up and have like you, you, people's lived experiences are so different that maybe some people really only want those two people or that one person that's super close to them and that they're fine with that being kind of like that's their inner circle. And there's people that are like, I, I. I feel that like personally I have a pretty large inner circle and it's a size that I find fulfills me and I feel comfortable maintaining that many friendships but for someone else that number may be like totally different and like that's their threshold and I don't think it's like right or wrong and I don't think you can quantify like where a maximum is and like with the social media topic like it makes it a little bit easier to maintain those like close relationships but I think it also has to do with like how willing you are to like be vulnerable with other people and put that energy in and how what's your like threshold for being able to give yeah in relationships as well and I think that threshold is like different for different people yeah no I agree and I also a note on that too is like friendship trauma or like school trauma you think that it doesn't happen like I always think of like bullying in the 90s it's like give me your lunch money that kind of nonsense but bullying especially in a social media age you hear stories all the time of screenshots or yeah screenshots I think are you know Twitter burn books showed up at my high school (laughs) they would show up anonymously for one night only, it was a big show. You'd be on, like, you'd be, like, scrolling Tumblr, and all of a sudden, everyone would be like, oh, my God, go to Twitter. And it would be, like, every secret of everybody would just get exposed on this Twitter account, right, and then it would be deleted horrifying. the next day. It was awful. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, was, I, it was really awful. I mean, like, I was, I was, like, thankfully, I mean, I was never part of the, like, exposed people, but, yeah. like, I always remember, like, it was like always this big point of discussion at school the next day was like who was behind it and no no one was ever caught but it is like really awful yeah I'm just thinking of like girls being bitches you know and and for every group in high school there's got at least one or two sociopaths in there and that can leave a lot of you know (laughs) girls are crazy (laughs) you know I'm happy I'm happy like Hugo yeah like I don't know I think there's there's pros and cons with having a son versus a daughter in the sense is that like little guys what did they do you know they run around and they make car noises or like that's what hugo (laughs) does with his friends at the park they run around pretending to be cars like they are the car themselves like that's and in high school like i just feel like boys have it a little less drama free than girls like i feel like moms get involved with their daughter's drama like how can you not because it just calls a certain point you know whatever but yeah so Tell me if this is what you were thinking of, if we're going back to limits on inner circles. The 90s British anthropologist Robin Dunbar, who observed a correlation between brain size and social relationships. Is that what you're thinking of? No, that wasn't what I was thinking of. Let me finish. So it's the research suggested that the bigger an animal brain is, the larger the animal social group is. And so he developed a formula to figure out an approximate figure based on brain size of like how many people... Like, he applied his findings to the size of a human's brain and then determined we're only capable of having a finite number of people in our social sphere. That? And it's 150 to be exact due to the size of our brains. Is that what you're thinking of? No, it wasn't what I... Now I, no, I'm, like, completely losing my train of thought about what it was I was thinking of. Oh, before. sorry. I thought for sure <laughs> no, this no, no, is No, no, it's what, okay. Yeah, okay, well, um, l- let, me, let me finish this up. But yeah, basically... Yeah, fin- He furthered the study by looking into emotional depth of those relationships. So each of the 150 people in our social network is layered. 
based on the level of closeness we feel for that person. And so the closest emotional layer, the one we consider holding the most meaning and connection, contains only approximately five individuals. The second layer of closeness includes an additional 10 people. And then the third layer, an estimated 35 people. And then the final includes 100 people for a total of 150. I believe that. That's the science of it, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like there's, like, you have your, like, your, like, elite five yeah. people. <laughs> My and mom, that, like, Tilo Hugo. Oh, <laughs> I, okay, I, I'm, it's coming back to me what I was thinking of earlier. Yes, okay, now I remember. It's that, and I, I honestly, like, I'll have to, like, maybe look up this study or figure out where this, like, information came from and, like, maybe we'll report back in the next episode. But, like, you know how, like, they say, like, your five people or ten people that you surround yourself with are, like, the biggest reflections of, like, you as a person? So you should be, like, very, like, conscious of, like, who. But there was a study, I think, that was saying how, like, sometimes it's not your closest relationships that actually can, like, impact you the most, but it can be, like, your mailman that stops by your house every day can act have some of the most like lasting impactful effects on you in the long term is those like surface level five minute yeah you know person that has served you coffee at your favorite coffee shop for 20 years can actually hold more meaning than some of your closest relationships that's interesting i'll have to look it up yeah you'll have to look it up because i've never heard of that i thought it was for sure this because like i've definitely heard like I've I looked into this years ago because I was just interested mm-hmm. in the psychology of friendships and because you were looking to make some cuts and you're trying to figure out where to cap <laughs> off your list. I was tearing people <laughs> down, yeah. <laughs> but I'm very I I keep my close like it's hard to get and there's nothing that I despise more when I feel like someone's trying to creep their way closer and I'm like no that's an unsanctioned move get back to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say there's nothing I despise more than when someone tries to become my friend? Well, like, in a way where I feel like they're not, I don't know, it's for, like, gain, right? Like, there's a lot of reasons throughout my life where it it made sense for people to, you know, I had a lot of parties in high school. Or, like, in universities. Okay, it's a lot about parties and, and food. But, you know, I could see people trying to get in so that they get invited. And I didn't like that. And I was like, you're not interested in me. You're interested in my stuff. <laughs> like, no. Oh, no. For sure. Like I can, yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> I feel like end of high school, I, I kind of became the, like, my house kind of became the house to, like, have parties. Like, my parents were very, like, cool about doing like, stuff. Like, letting yeah. me have people over and stuff like that. And so, like, near the end of high school and, like, even early university when I'd be home in the summer, like, I'd have these, like, big parties and invite, you know, like, 40 people 40 50 people from high school and I remember the shift in like not my friend group but people that all of a sudden had an interest in getting to know me because I was like the source of that that was never like never bothered me but I always just like it's like one of those watchful eye noted yeah yeah like Mm -hmm. I I can see what's happening here no it's like interesting that you like didn't have that interest before okay hold on going back to your your parties Kim had great parties and do you want to hear something really cute about one of your parties yes so I think I know what you're gonna say do you yeah yes do you want to say it let's see okay <laughs> so there was a party i believe it was my 19th birthday i think so no yeah. or your 20th it wasn't it was the year after it was my 20th yeah. birthday and um i had this like there was a very eclectic mix of decor <laughs> at this party one of them was a life-size poster of myself that one of my friends brought um and the other part of it was this like giant five foot tall inflatable giraffe yeah. <laughs> and people were just like taking pictures with 
with this giraffe, and there's a picture of, I believe it's you and I, with the giraffe, but you posted it on your Instagram, and you tagged African Lion Safari. Just randomly. And a year later, you met Tilo, your now husband, at African Lion Safari. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that so funny? I think it was two years after, because I think I was 21 when I met him, turning 22 that following fall, but you would have already been... 21 yeah yes you would have been turning 22 already at that or like whatever yeah so yeah no isn't that that's yeah good party kid yeah so crazy thanks still have that giraffe if we should we should whip it we should whip it out for like a some sort of like memories (laughs) our seventh year anniversary (laughs) wedding yeah 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 i'm gonna bring it i'm gonna bring it to your seven year anniversary (laughs) and you can tag african lines so far yeah actually i when i posted i thought this was so clever when i posted my wedding photo I said, thanks, at African Line Safari. And they did not even comment or respond. And I emailed them being like, hey, if these people still work there, you know, let them know that from the 2016 season, these two people are now getting married next week. So, like, but I never heard a reply back. And I was like, that's bad. That's, I'm sorry, that's, like, that's bad marketing on their part because that would have been... So cute, Very right? cute. Even just, like, a social media post would have been, like, very cute. And, like, somebody uh, dropped Us as social media managers being like, this is unacceptable. Yeah. And, like, sorry, I'm sorry, content. I would have been leap, leaping on that content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, this, I think this does okay. wrap up this episode. Yeah, I think it does, First segment. So, on to the Philomod. Okay. So, uh, I, this is kind of just like a cute little philomath, but it comes largely from an article from the Atlantic called the importance of eating together, which I'll link in the show notes as well as just some research from UBC. So basically in many countries, mealtime is treated as sacred in France, for instance, while it's acceptable to eat by oneself, it's important that one never rush a meal. A frenzied salad eaten on the Metro invites dirty glares and employees are given at least an hour for lunch. (laughs) In many Mexican cities, townspeople will eat together with friends and family in central areas like parks or town squares. In Cambodia, villagers spread out colorful mats and bring food to share with loved ones like a potluck. But in North America, the amount of time we spend dining with family and friends is actually declining compared to other areas in the world. Busy schedules, constant rushing, and a rise of fast food make it increasingly difficult for people to slow down and share a meal together. But there's plenty of reason to make this time a higher priority. There's been quite a bit of research into the impact of shared meals with families that have children, but the interesting thing is much of the same logic can be applied to our choices to dine with friends. Studies have shown that making the effort to make dining a communal experience can lead to healthier eating habits, build social support and connection, increase academic performance, lower the risk of substance abuse, and even boost self-esteem. The dinner table can act as a unifier, a place of community, and sharing a meal is an excuse to catch up and talk, one of the few times where people are happy to put aside their work and take time out of their day. In 1950, culinary expert Elizabeth David said that her equation for physical and psychological well-being is easy. Eat simply and eat together. And perhaps that's at least part of the equation for maintaining our friendships as adults, too. And if nothing else, it's certainly another reason that the world needs more lilac dinners. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's an invite-only <laughs> event. Uh, if you're among the books, then uh, that's another thing. <laughs> it's exclusive. It's inner circle only. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> That's another why reason people want to be with uh, I just thought it was a cute time. No, that is really cute. I love eating together, and I try to make it, like, formal. We're into candlesticks right now, and, like, 
we i love saying grace we can say it in polish when my sister's boyfriend who's irish was living with us for a bit i made him say it in irish for us every night <laughs> poor guy <laughs> but like i don't know i think that there's something really nice like even if it's not from like a like a grace before meals doesn't necessarily have religious connotations but it's like being grateful and thanking whoever cooked and like i think that really adds so much richness to meals together and i'm a big fan of meals and i like dinners and yeah mm-hmm. I, I like food and eating too yeah that's but that's really cute <laughs> that's a good one yeah yeah i struggled to find like a good one to fit into this episode actually oh yeah on friendships i did find out that harry houdini and sir arthur conan doyle who wrote like the sherlock, sherlock holmes, holmes book did they didn't like each other because conan doyle became interested in spiritualism in the 1880s lessened that. his interest for a decade or two then became more convinced around the first world war at a time when mass death declined uh, death inclined many to seek out spirits of the deceased and basically houdini was being like disputing it and they just like became like not friends anymore <laughs> okay well i mean yeah sir arthur conan doyle had some interesting when he appears in murdoch mysteries i remember they they give him a sense of <laughs> of the spookiness too that he was into some interesting things but yeah that's that's a good one too yeah but yeah. yeah, it was interesting, but I was like, I didn't want to be about, like, two friends that later, like, decided that they hate each other because... <laughs> it happens. They, they got teared yeah. out. They got sent into space. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that does conclude this episode of the Outwits End podcast. <laughs> and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave us a rating and review. And if you're listening on Spotify Mobile, follow us. And if you're not already following us on Instagram, what are you doing? <laughs> it's at Atwitsend Podcast. And, and yeah. Exciting content coming soon. And until next time. Bye-bye now. <laughs> Bye.